Today is a super special episode for me, as one of my very close friends, Kevin Elliott, was able to come on. Sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. What's the tea? How's it going, everybody? Lucas Salton here from the Hockey Filthy Podcast, and today I'm proud to have on Hockey Canada's Manager of Medical Services, Kevin Elliott. Kevin, how's it going today? Good, Lucas. How are you doing? Love the hair. You got the little hockey flow <laughs> going there. I'm not really sure what to think of it, but uh, if I was home, I'd be getting you on the Clippers in them for sure, no question. So Awesome. Thank you. Um, now, you're with Hockey Canada. Tell us about your uh, role there. I'm the manager of medical services that pretty much encompasses a lot of everything. Uh, you know, I'm in charge of medical trunks and medical uh, personnel, uh, dealing a little bit with COVID or a lot with COVID, uh, mostly supplies. Uh, you know, I get to do as uh, many events as I want to, as per, as per our leader, our man in charge, uh, Scott Salmon. And uh, yeah, I, I get to see a lot of things. I get to do a lot of things and we're trying to really structure our program along uh to better suit us and be more up to date on things. Not that we're not, but we need to fix a little few things. And so that's where they put me in charge of, and I'm really enjoying my role so far. Uh, I've been obviously all around the world and then some, and, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big project. It's something you're not going to cure overnight, but uh, you know, I think over the years I've, uh, I've acquired enough knowledge and enough experience to hopefully get me in the right direction and hopefully put Canada, uh, hockey Canada in a better, better spot and a better place for the future. Now, you just got back from the Olympics in Beijing. Tell us a bit about that um, experience at your first Olympic Games. Lifetime achievement. Lifetime achievement. Uh, next to meeting you and Spider, lifetime achievement. So, um, but no, it's the Olympics were exactly what they were. They're the Olympics. They come around every four years in winter and every four years for summer, I think. And, you know, I, I got to be on the stage with everyone else and just an incredible group of athletes, incredible group of people. Uh, to be in a country where we were and to feel safe and secure and, and everything else like that. It was just, it was amazing. Um, it's obviously not the results we wanted from a hockey Canada standpoint or from a country standpoint, but uh, you know, we did our best. We had uh, unbelievable players, unbelievable staff uh, and just unbelievable support people as well. We uh, China was exactly the way people made it out to be. It's uh, one of the friendliest group of people I've ever met. Uh, beautiful, beautiful scenery. We didn't go anywhere, but we had some good views from our hotel or good views from our uh, our shuttles that took us back and forth to the village and the venue. So, but it was, you know, Lucas, it was probably, it's a highlight of my career, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's in, from a sporting standpoint, it's the Olympics and I recommend it to anybody. What made you originally want to get into that medical field as you are now pursuing? You know, I was always a rink rat and I was always a ball rat. You know, my dad owned a bunch of uh, teams in St. John, New Brunswick, where I grew up. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the therapy part of things, you know, kind of like the the story of the spider head where he would, yeah. you know, he would uh, hang out at the rinks. I kind of hung out at the dressing rooms, did a lot of stuff like that. I was kind of in the equipment role as well, kind of like spied. And, and, you know, I, I, I just saw the medical side more intriguing to me. And, uh, you know, I, Went on to school, then I went on to, I was lucky enough to meet some people and I got a nice job with the Academy of Baseball Canada, Montreal. And that led to more contacts. And next thing you know, I had a job with the Blue Jays and, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it just, it's intrigued me. I, I enjoyed rehab. I enjoyed the way when players got better, you know, and I, I enjoyed seeing players return to play and it, 
it's it's got a bit of a gratifying uh, a job description to it and and I, I just it was something I like I'm a bit of a caregiver if people know me and I just found that was kind of suited my role suited my personality and suited you know I was happy to do it in the future so now like that being said why do you think like you had so much success and like what advice do you have for other people trying to follow your footsteps Ooh, how did I have so much success? You know, for me, it's it's the people that's, that you surround yourself with or the people that put you in the right direction. Obviously, I think of my family that direct me in the right direction. You know, they, my dad told me, my mom told me, you know, go in the direction you want to go. My older brother, Rob, and, you know, we they drove me in the right direction. And, you know, along the way, you meet the right people and you take advantage of those people. You, you know, you, you make friends with them. And I was lucky enough to some of my closest friends in baseball, like Alex Augustino is in Montreal and Richard Mon in Montreal. And, you know, I just, it, it just allowed me to meet people along the way. And, and uh, you know, the same with the game of hockey, you know, I, I, I met a lot of people and I got some jobs along the way. And it's just, I surrounded myself with good people and good people surround your, and you surround yourself with good people. It's, you can only be successful because you're not going to get there by yourself. No way, shape or form. Uh, if you don't have a good support system, you don't have a group of people behind you pushing you, but also guiding you and also letting you know when you're doing things right, and when you're doing things wrong, you're not really going to get very far. Uh, because I'll tell you right now, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room with use the old cliche. So um, what advice would I give the people? Is that what you just asked me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, be yourself, you know, take advantage of, of where you're at. Don't be afraid to ask any questions. Um, don't be in a hurry. You know, this is a, I, I've turned this into a long, lengthy career. My gray hair will tell you the story. Uh, but, you know, enjoy the ride. You know, don't be in a sprint to get to places that you think are better on the other side. And make, make sure you, you say hello to everyone on your journey. Make sure you stop and, mm -hmm. and you know, take a moment to say hello to the to the people that, that you bypass along the way, be it your bus driver, be it your equipment manager, rink staff member, for me, the groundskeepers and stuff like that, and doctors and, you know, just nurses in the offices that you go see your doctors and stuff like that. Those are important people that you need to remember and, and, and take a visual picture of along the way. Cause I mean, those are, those are people you need and, and, you know, don't ever forget you have to continue to get better at stuff. You need to be just because you do one course or just because you do one game or just because you've been to one hockey Canada event or just because you've done one Memorial cup or whatever the case may be, yeah. there's more to learn. Trust me. There's more yeah. to learn. There's someone behind you trying to take your job. That's for sure. Now, speaking about good people, tell us a bit about your relationship with Andrew Spider McNeil. First off, I don't know Andrew at all. I only call him Spider. So, you know, he's one of my best friends, if not my best friend. Um, I actually just chatted with him today because I had uh, Daniel Sprong was in the room. We were chatting, so we FaceTimed yeah. with Spide. So, you know, that that was a relationship that started, good Lord, 2003 or whatever it started. And we've been friends ever since. I mean, uh, he was my roommate for every every road trip I've ever been on. He's uh, We spend time together in the summertime. You know, I hang out with his kids. I play ball in the front yard with him. His wife, Michelle, it's just, she's a saint. Um we go way back, you know, he's, he, he is probably one of my closest friends. And, uh, and, and I, I wish, I think everyone knows who he is and I think everyone knows what he's about. And uh, if you can't be friends with spider, you can't be friends with anybody. That's my opinion. Um, but he's uh, 
the relationship started, good Lord, 2003, went out one time having a couple of drinks and next thing you know, yeah. it's never stopped. We've been friends ever since. Like, you know, even, even when I left to come here, I, I always, I talked to him about my decision and, you know, and, and we talked together about a lot of things. I mean, I mulled over a few things and options and, you know, I always, I always discussed it with Spides, but I had some good relationships. We've had arguments. My good Lord, we've had more arguments. Yeah. We're, we are, as, 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 as we've told people many times in the past, we're the ugliest married couple you've ever seen. So like we constantly bi- uh, bicker and bitch together, but uh, our, our friendship is deep. It's going to last a long, long time. And uh, I'm looking forward to the call I get from Spider to tell me one of two things. One, that he's going to have a fifth kid, which I don't think that's going to happen. But the second thing is, I, I think I'm more excited about him calling me, let me know that he's he's going to be moving on up to the to the NHL or the American Hockey League, wherever the case may yeah. be, where he belongs. Uh, and uh, I wish him nothing of success. Like even last year, I had an opportunity to work with him at U17 uh, here with Hockey Canada. I'm really looking forward to him getting himself back into this and, you know, working on this journey with him. So, and he's... Uh, He's a special friend and he'll be a special friend for many, many years to come. Do you have a funny spider story that you can tell the listeners? A great funny story for spiders is, is that every day is a good day for spider. You know what I mean? Like he comes to the rink every day. He's got the same attitude and and stuff like that. And we we joke around with him, and, you know, we have fun with him and stuff like that. If I, I couldn't give him and our friendship and the way he is justice by giving him one story. He is, uh, he's got some unbelievable stories and there's some stories that, uh, we'll keep private because it's just between him and I, but it's, he's, yeah. uh, he's the type of guy that, uh, if you're going to be at war, he's a guy I want behind beside me. So no question. When with Charlottetown, you were there for quite a long time. What was a favorite rink for you to be at? Like express that to us. <laughs> my favorite rink to visit yeah oh wow uh well if i have to go back to the quebec side i mean obviously the new quebec uh videotron center is good yeah it's incredible you've been there you've been with us up there as well uh the old colisee pepsi or pepsi colisee was it just had it just had a lot of history in there it was a lot of fun to be in that rink um i think for me on the quebec side i really enjoyed uh Rimouski. the loudness in that rink and the and the passion in that rink was great uh I don't want to ruin anyone here on the maritime side, but I always enjoyed going to Halifax. Who doesn't? So, yeah, who doesn't? It's it's always loud. It was great. But if you've never experienced a game in the old Moncton Coliseum, you you really don't know what that's like either. People screaming and hollering. And that was yeah, I place. have. Really, I was really fortunate too. Yeah, unfortunately, we've been there a couple of times, you and I. Uh, but it's it, it was one of my favorite rinks for sure, hands down. In, in Charlottetown, as you're talking about um, – plenty of players came through and like some relationships you built, like as you're speaking on Daniel Sprong, how important is that to create those relationships and stay in touch with players? I think it's, I think it's the epitome of being in the job. I mean, if you, if you only meet the young man in September or the, the young boy in September is a 16 year old when he leaves at 20 and you've had no relationship with him or no friendship with him or no anything at all. And you, you've, you really didn't do that player justice, nor have you done yourself justice, nor have you done the team justice. Um, I, I think building a relationship is, 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 is empirical for us. I mean, I know Spide and I, we always, we always try and find the one or two guys you can tell that are uncomfortable. They're scared of away from being home. And, and that could be a 16 year old. Heck we've seen it as 19 and 20 year olds. And he's, 
Yeah. It's so important. And also too, it's so important because like when you go back and talk to players, you give them a call or you see them here, like today, Daniel can read in, give me a hug. I, I spent, I think he spent 90% of the morning in here in the office. We were discussing old, his old billets. We were discussing old ranks. We were discussing old playoff times against up in Blainville. And, you know, like, tell me that's not important. I mean, that's, that to me is, it, For sure. it's empirical, you know, it's, it's, and if you don't have that as a, as a therapist and equipment manager, or as a coach or, or anybody in the organization, you haven't done, you haven't done the organization justice, nor have you done yourself justice, nor have you done the player justice, because I mean, they're looking for that. I mean, there's not one player. I don't think I've ever come across one player that hasn't reached out or said hello. Like, and I expect Spide can say the same thing and other therapists and equipment managers around the league say the same thing. It's, it's so important. And if, and you're not doing yourself justice by not making friends with everybody. I mean, you got to take consideration. Parents are leaving you with their kids. I, yeah. I've got some great relationships with parents. Like they're, you know, they still talked into this mm -hmm. day players from our first couple of years with the rocket. So, I mean, that to me, that, that's more to me than the game. You were in the NHL with Florida. Um, could you see yourself going back or what are kind of some goals or what's the next step for you in the future? Well, at my age, my next step's like the next step. <laughs> I'm just yeah. hoping my body keeps together. You know, I I made a commitment here to Hockey Canada. I'm going to stay with Hockey Canada. Um, yeah. what, what do I see in the future? I have no idea. I, I really don't know. All I know is that we've got a busy summer ahead of us with events. We've got a busy summer ahead of us with, uh, you know, just stuff going on. World Juniors, U18s, Gretzky, Alinka. You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And I I don't know. If the opportunity comes, you know, I definitely will, will think about it. Uh, you know, I'll talk to people about it and, but I I've made a commitment here to hockey Canada. I'm going to stay with hockey Canada for sure. But, uh, and like I say that, you know, the grass may not be always greener on the other side. I, it might be, you know, this might be my, this might be my future, which it is right now. And I've, you know, I've set up myself in a, you know, I got a, a nice little place I'm living at here and up in the, in the North part of town here. And I, you know, I got a new vehicle and it's, it's nice. I like it out here. It's, uh, a lot of mountain biking. So I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not a very good skier, but I'm a good person at the bar. That's what I tell people. So I can't, uh, I don't ski very well, but I fall really good. So uh, yeah, I don't know, Lucas, I'd like to say that, yeah, there might be something along the way, but it, I'm not sure if they're going to, you know, hire an old guy like me down the road, but I don't know. We'll see. It's the, the options are always going to be there, but right now I'm, I'm fully committed hundred uh, percent all into hockey Canada and, where our, where our goal is and completion of my jobs and, and my titles and everything else like that. With Hockey Canada, you've been to a handful of World Juniors. Tell the listeners kind of how a World Junior tournament works and what's the setup process and what's like in your eyes at a tournament. You know, uh, it's it's funny because last year's World Juniors, we were sitting in, in Edmonton, Red Deer prior to, or Edmonton really prior to the event, uh, obviously being halted yeah. due to COVID. I'm not sure if you heard about this COVID thing, but uh, it's, uh, we were actually planning our trip to go to Russia, you know, and for, you know, and mm -hmm. we, were, we were already planning our site visits. We we're already planning stuff like that. So the World Junior events, they take place a year in advance, maybe two years in advance. You know, we were doing site visits and we're looking at hotels and stuff like that. And obviously looking at staffing and we're preparing ourselves for that. And, but at, actually at the event, it's a short term event. I mean, our, our coaches, our support staff, everyone else like that, top to bottom. We're trying to get our team close together. We're trying to get our team to gel. We're trying to get our staff to gel. We're trying to get everything to go into place. We're, you know, and, and 
you know, that's, that's the key to a short-term event. And your dad knows that as well as anyone else would. He's been on a couple of really good yep. teams and, and, uh, but that, that's what we, but from my eyes, uh, we, we look forward to when the first day of camp shows up and you got 44 guys, myself, the equipment managers are all trying to get to know these guys, but we've already started Definitely. talking to these guys in the summertime. And we know a lot of them from the progress of U17, U18, you know, uh, the world championship events and all that stuff like that. We, we get a chance to see all these guys and we get to meet them. We get to get to feel a little bit about them. And we start intermingling with their therapists and equipment guys, see what they're like. And then, then the event starts. I mean, when the event starts, it's, it's just hockey, but it's high intense hockey. And you're looking for those, you're looking for every day. There's always going to be change. There's always going to be something happening. There's always going to be something happening that you got to be prepared for. But uh, from my eyes, it's, there's absolutely nothing better than the drop of a puck at a world junior game. There's absolutely nothing better than the drop of a puck of a red white game. So true. So true. So yeah, we're, it's from my eyes, it's fun. It's, you know, and I I don't think I'll ever lose that passion nor I ever lose that. uh, And what's the word I'm looking gusto to be at these events. They're, they're just enriching and they're surrounded by people here at hockey Canada and support staff from other CHL teams and NCAA players and stuff like that. It's just, it's an incredible experience top to bottom. The past world juniors uh, Canada was stacked, obviously. Um, Unfortunately, the way it ended, but Connor Bedard and Shane Wright and 04 and an 05, like kids that young, how did they kind of mature themselves? throughout the tournament and what did you see from them that they're doing ahead of everyone else? Huh. Well, I'm not a coach, but I can tell you one thing. If I'm a scout, I'm, I'm going to try and figure out how I can draft either one of those two guys yeah. <laughs> or a GM. You know, those are two incredible human beings. Uh, I've watched Shane grow up from U17 and I had him at U18 last year at the men's worlds or uh, U18 worlds. Uh, then the summer camp, we had him and he's just, you could see his maturation come from top to bottom. The same with Connor. Connor was a very quiet kid last year at U18. And now I see him at men's at the world juniors. He is, uh, to watch those kids grow is incredible. And to watch them become comfortable with the game of hockey and understand the game of hockey and, and be better at the game of hockey. It's pretty good. And they make everyone around them good. But the, the, the one thing I find about both these kids are really, really good teammates. Like really, really good teammates. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got two high-profile players, really high-profile players. Yeah. And uh, but they're they're like everyone else. They're you know they blend in, they do their thing. They're you know they're help, coming in the training room, see if we need to hand with anything. They're helping out the equipment guys. Those are two real, 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 real respectful young men. Their parents should be very proud of who they raised. And from our standpoint, and but they're going to be really good hockey players and they're going to make everyone around them really good hockey players and better hockey players. And, and when they get to the pro game, they're going to learn and they're going to be really good hockey players. They're just, and they're, but they're really good kids. You know, that's what I really like. They're really good, respectful young men. That's going to be unreal for you. Crack open a beer and watch them on the TV in the future. Yeah. I'll be sitting in my rocking chair with my suspenders on. So yeah, that's, that'll yeah. Be so, but you know, And I hope to have as much hair as you do right now. So there you go. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. That was Man the Myth, the Legend, Kevin Elliott. 28 episodes in the bag. Have a great night, everyone.